Welcome to Radically Transparent, the number one podcast for the modern day marketer, presented by Octopost, the only social media and employee advocacy solution architected for B2B. Each episode shines a light on the inner workings of B2B leadership, including what keeps successful CEOs, CMOs, and VPs up at night professionally. The conversations are real, raw, and authentic, all while revealing the unfiltered, not-so-known truths of today's most interesting marketers. Introducing your host, Colin Day. Hello, world. Um, today's guest is an award-winning performance-driven, innovative, and ROI-focused customer marketing professional. This gentleman has got over 12 years of experience in the industry through um, leading customer advocacy programs, lifecycle marketing, uh, social media, digital advertising, event marketing, digital marketing, and community management. I don't think there's anything in that list that, um, you know, I don't think there's anything left from a marketing perspective that this man hasn't done. With his ability to uh, strategically build brand advocacy, drive loyalty um, from retention programs, uh, from driving demand over at um, Adobe, where he was, is, isn't. We'll get into all of this anyway, but um, it's wonderful to have uh, my next guest on the program. I'm not normally the host of this. It's normally my colleague, Jen Gutman. I've kicked her out of the uh, the, the host seat for, for today. So for one day only, you've got me, Colin Day, um, I'm the Managing Director of Octopost Business across Europe, Middle East Africa and Asia Pacific. But that's me. Let's welcome our guest. Please join me in welcoming the one and only, doesn't really require any introductions, Kevin Lau, best known as Global Head of Customer Advocacy at Adobe. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thanks, Colin. That's a, that's a hard introduction to follow, but thank you so much. That was a lot of words for an introduction as well, my friend, right? So yeah. like, um, how long yeah. have we known each other? What, we've known each other, who, 20, 2015, about that? Yeah, it's, been, it's definitely been a while. I remember the first time was when we worked on a video project when you're at um, FSI or FIS. I always get the, the, the number of the letters mixed up. But yeah, that was so, a So do thing. I. Dyslexia is not an issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. But um, hey, it's like um, happens to me all the time. So, Kevin, are you ready to get radically transparent for yes. this amazing audience that we've got? Yeah, let's do it. Excellent. Let's do it. I've got a couple of questions for you, Kevin. And uh, sure. um, you know, before we, we get into the meat and potatoes of it all, so can you give us a, a brief look at the professional journey that you've been on, right? And how you find yourself you know, in this world called customer marketing? Yeah. So I think, you know, my career started you know, right out of college. I ended up starting to do uh, essentially kind of like different types of consulting within the social media space. So back then, things like Facebook, Twitter, which we now take advantage of, um, it wasn't really established as a marketing medium back then. And so I learned from a bunch of different mentors and coaches on specifically how to leverage social platforms to be able to tell your story, drive impact, build brand awareness, you know, influence others and all that kind of fun stuff. And so that's what I started doing early on in my career. And then eventually I started moving into the corporate world. Um, one of my first jobs was working at uh, Google doing community management. And so I, it's, my role started to kind of evolve in what I was interested in. And from there, I started working at a bunch of different startup organizations, companies, 
which ultimately kind of landed me at uh, Marketo uh, about five and a half years ago. And back then, you know, it was very, very much a, you know, small company, about 900 employees. And really, we're, we were tasked with kind of building out sort of, you know, best in class programs. We were acquired by a private equity company um, called Vista. And so it was a really it helped me kind of define what I wanted to do and what I was passionate about. And I learned that kind of over the past 12 or so years. And it kind of influences a bunch of things from social marketing to community management to storytelling to influencer marketing, whatever you want to call it. But the whole, the core of it is really about relationship building. And, uh, and that's what I love doing. Gotcha. So Kevin, a, a lot of things there, right? It's so like, um, you know, let's, let's unpack some of them a little bit. Is, you know, what have you seen? What's been the biggest change that you've seen? So like, um, you know, with inside that space over the last, what was it, five years that you said that um, you know, you you started the uh, uh, the the journey over at Marketo and and now Adobe, right? So, you know, what's what's been the the biggest change apart from, hey, it's like, um, you know, Marketo's now part of the Adobe family, which is huge. Yeah. I guess we'll get into that later on. But um, mm-hmm. you know, what's what's been some of the 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 change in the industry that you've you've seen and experienced. Well, um, the biggest change I think is you know I think and I'll talk about it from two lenses I guess from like a customer marketer lens and then also just kind of being inside working at at Marketo. Um, I think historically customer marketers have always been very focused on you know the cornerstones of helping brands and organizations with customer storytelling, whether it's getting more case studies on their website. To helping to plan, you know, user conferences and events, and hosting executive advisory boards and all that kind of fun stuff. That's about the relationship, as I mentioned earlier. You know, at at Marketo in those early days, we were, you know, we both know Steve Lucas. He's a very uh, interesting character. Sometimes he's been on this show. Actually, he's been on this show as well. So you're in you're in great company. Um, And so. If anyone knows him, he's a very dynamic individual, and he has super very high pumped, standards. I think was his uh, was his buzzword, right? It's like um, he always loved to say, "I'm super pumped." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so he, you know, working for Steve, he was very much a very uh, customer centric CEO, which was amazing to see. And so he really pushed us to to drive innovative practices that are going to help move the marketing nations, what we used to call our community, kind of forward. And so. <laughs> How do we create like really innovative programs? How do we become best in class? And I think we were very much about how do we punch above our, our weight? You know? you know, we weren't necessarily a huge company, but we were competing with very large organizations like Oracle and Salesforce that you know had probably 10 times the revenue and impact that we did. But we still had sort of that very compassionate customer base. And we took all the things that I learned about you know, building relationships with customers. And kind of amplified it to the next level. And we did that through some really fun campaigns and projects. I know you were involved in some of them too that we did with some video testimonies and whatnot as part of our summit conference. But we launched a bunch of interesting programs. We can talk about more on this podcast, but it essentially kind of put everything on steroids. And then through that, essentially kind of two years or so, then we get acquired by Adobe and then everything changes again. And so... It's like we had to reinvent ourselves again, but we did it effectively because Adobe acquired Marketo at the end of the day because they didn't have that passionate customer base 
And we were able to take those learnings and then apply it to the rest of the Adobe Experience Cloud business. And it, it's been a fantastic ride. I loved every minute of it. Cool. Excellent. So, look, a lot there, right? It's like, um, but, but a man needs to sleep, right? Yeah. A man <laughs> needs to sleep. But we can't always get to sleep when we get into our beds of a night, right? So, you know, what is it that keeps you awake at, at night, Kevin, professionally, of course? Yeah, I think what keeps me awake is, you know, I think within from a B2B marketing standpoint, you know, there's sort of this divide, if you will, there where, you know, most folks that I work with tend to be on the demand marketing teams where their primary task with driving revenue, driving impact from a pipeline and lead generation standpoint, which most companies, especially if you're in a SaaS model, they somehow put so much emphasis on new logo acquisition more so than I think that they put on customer retention and ensuring that their customers are happy and satisfied. And I think there's definitely a balance that every company I've ever worked at, there's sort of a you know 75%, 25% kind of role where even though 75% of the revenue tends to come from existing customer renewals and like upsell, cross-sell, most of the budget and resources tend to go towards you know, new logo acquisition. So it's something that I've been battling with um, both internally and talking to other colleagues across the board. And I think it's one of those things that's never going to be, you know, equal across customer and new logo. But I think what the pandemic has really showed us is that just if you don't support your customer base, they're going to leave you, right? They're going to find other other places to, to help fill that void and get support for whatever they're trying to accomplish. And so I think it, it really put a point on, you can't take that for granted. And so it's something that I've been thinking about a lot just kind of recently over the past few years. Yeah, so, and I, I guess on the personal front, right, what keeps you awake at night, and I, we'll get into this uh, more uh, across the uh, the episode, I guess, but you know, maybe starting from scratch and having to reinvent yourself, right? I mean, you talked about it's like um, you know, eloquently already, right? In so much as, you know, Vista, you, you joined Marketo, Marketo got acquired by uh, or or um you know, got snapped up by uh, by Vista. Vista then like, yep. you know, sold uh, Marketo onto Adobe. So you've had to go through a number of just in that short five year period, right? You've had to go through a number of met- metamorphosis um in in that time. But um um I'm sure as we go across uh, the next you know, um, 10, 15 minutes, uh, we'll get into that because um, I've got a very, very specific question for you <laughs> on it. Right. We're going to leave that. We're going to leave that little tease out there, Kevin. But um, look, another thing that you 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 mentioned there, right, was um, you know the the balance between um, you know driving revenue, um, you know acquiring new customers, and maintaining the uh, the existing um, customer relationship. In your opinion, what's the hardest part about driving revenue whilst protecting the current customer base? Yeah, that's a hard. That's an interesting question. I would say um, the hardest part is, I think sometimes, you know, when you're looking at reports and you're looking at, you know, just insights as far as your customers go, it's oftentimes your account reps or the folks you're working with they treat your customers just like a number. And I think you lose a little bit of the humanity in that where, yes, I understand some customers are going to spend 10 times more than others. But I think it's important to make sure that you build those relationships that's foundational to 
everything you do with that client. Because I've been in multiple situations where a customer that I built a relationship with, they move on to another company. They have a choice to buy Marketo or Adobe products versus something else. And oftentimes what ends up winning is the fact that these are repeat customers that are with you for life. And so my philosophy with all this is that it's better to build a lifetime relationship with someone as opposed to just a transactional one where it happens just so you can make that commission or whatever. And I think sometimes we lose sight in that a little bit, you know, based on what the target is in the, in the quarter and hitting that revenue. But at the end of the day, you want to make sure that the customer is happy because if they're not, then, you know, they're uh, an angry customer is going to be much more, you know, vocal than someone that is just going to renew, you know, a one-time situation. Right. So I try to use that as sort of my like North star whenever I think about some of these, some of these ways that we can balance out the relationship as well as making sure it's a win-win situation. So they get what they want. The, the team gets what they want as well. And it, it ends up working out for everyone. Yeah. And that's a great point, right? People buy from people and people buy from people they like. Right. So, right. Um, so, so, you know, that, that brings me nicely onto, uh, onto the next question, right? It's like Kevin. So, you know, at a certain point, marketing does come down to people, right? Um, people, maths, you call it math, but we call it math. <laughs> um, I guess it's because there's more than one of them. But, um, um, you know, it comes down to, you know, people, maths, and a whole lot of process, right? But, um, you know, have we really lost as marketers the ability to humanize the customer experience? I think what ends up happening, especially for, and I've seen this both at small companies and large, we sometimes get so bogged down in the process that we sometimes forget what is the what's going to be the best experience for the customer, right? Like we want to follow certain rules and guidelines and processes, but sometimes it just becomes so cumbersome for the customer and it becomes very difficult to do business with them that they just end up having a terrible experience. And so I think it's really important whether it's marketing or someone in customer success or someone that's responsible for the customer experience overall to really kind of map out that journey holistically because oftentimes there's five, 10 other people that are all kind of talking that same customer and client. And so the journey is never going to be linear, right? It's always going to be this like squiggly line sort of thing. And so having a little bit more coordination and just have insights into what is that whole journey um, from start to finish actually look like to help um, support them you know, when they need it most. It's not just when it's happening, when they need to buy something, right? And I think that's often the case where actually it creates sort of that friction points. Um, and so that's why I think folks that are in a customer marketing role, it helps kind of provide that additional air cover to those account teams. So it's not always about money and transactions. It's about like, how do we help you build your brand? How do we help you, you know, do more with the products that you already have? So Kevin, let's let's get radically transparent, mate. Right? It's like um, you know, yeah. let's get a little bit of a, a tidbit out there if we can, it's like um, for the audience. So you you talked about like um, you know, moving beyond the process there, right? It's like um, you know, you've got to get beyond beyond that process in order to get that humanization, like um, um, effect and an aspect. What have you learned personally, right? About like um, you know, going beyond and and being able to get beyond the process that maybe you can share with the audience. You know, sometimes it deals a lot with 
you know, when you have a pissed off customer, you learn a lot about what is, what's not working and how do you ultimately fix some of these basic things where it's really just about coordinating people more effectively, right? You know, usually when you have an account team, it could be a sales rep, it could be a CSM, it could be a consultant and a group of, you know, five other folks, but sometimes they're just not talking to each other enough. And I think just by having that coordination, you know, I usually find out about situations when the customer's angry and upset, you know, when they come to me because they're angry and upset with those account reps, they're just not listening to them. And so we have to kind of be that champion or that voice to those customers to then bring that back to the, to those teams and say like, Hey, we need to take a step back and really, you know, analyze the situation and how do we make it a better experience for them? Um, you know, if they're giving us indications that they're angry and upset because, you know, they've asked for some help on something that's been like two or three weeks now, you know, just give them acknowledgement, treat them like an individual, right? You know, no one, I think everyone has to have those experiences where they call in to talk about, you know, their, their internet service or their cell phone or whatever. And it's terrible, right? Like it takes 45 minutes just to get a hold of a live agent. Similar situation where you're talking to support and you're talking to people that treat that individual and that customer like they're basically brand new and they're like a moron when they've been using our technology for, for 20, sometimes 15 years. And so those are the types of situations I'm talking about where it creates sort of these crunchy situations where because you have that relationship, you hear those insights from the customer, they're willing to give you a second chance, you know, based on hoping that you guys are going to make some improvements, but that's kind of just one kind of situation. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. And, and Kevin's like, um, you know, just moving the conversation along. Um, we said right at the very beginnings, like, questions I asked you was what keeps you awake at night right and I threw in there so like um, you know starting from scratch and reinventing yourself right um, yeah. so we talked a little bit about the uh, um, you know the Marketo experience so you know Adobe acquired Marketo back in 2018 and you know we, we read quite a lot right it's so like uh, more often than not it's so like um, <coughs> excuse me we see in the press um, news around acquisitions right and you know, nobody really talks yeah, about the challenges that come along with an acquisition, mm-hmm. right? So I've got two questions for you on that, just to draw upon your, your experiences of what you've seen, what you've been through and what you've witnessed, right? That um, you know, maybe can help the audience if they go through um, you know, that type of scenario. So you unpack for us a little bit about you know, what was the acquisition journey like? for you as you move from you know marketo you said it was 900 people when you started and you know you then moved to that behemoth um, mm-hmm. which is which is adobe yeah so by the time we actually got acquired i think we were around like 1500 employees and you know just naturally we started to go we became actual adobe employees i think in january 2019 so roughly you know that's when all the paperwork was finalized um, within the first six months, they kind of let us alone or left us alone as like an individual sort of business unit, right? So Steve Lucas, he was still leading that organization. You know, just by natural attrition, people leave, of course. Um, you know, when Steve left, they started to kind of merge us into the broader Adobe experience business. So for those that aren't familiar, Adobe essentially has like two primary organizations. 
One is digital media, which is the creative cloud, the document solutions, very much more consumer-facing small business. And then you have the enterprise solutions where Marketo sits as part of Adobe Experience Cloud. It's part of like a mishmash of acquisitions over the past 15 or so years, ever since the Omniture acquisition back in the day. And so, um, you know, Marketo, we were in kind of a unique situation because, you know, one of the reasons I think they really bought us was because Adobe did not have a very well-defined B2B marketing engine, like the expertise, the knowledge. You know, they did some, some things well, but I think, you know, when Sarah Kennedy kind of stepped up after Steve left, she took on a much larger remit where she was owning all of marketing for digital experience, which is a big undertaking, right? Like she went from a team of maybe, I don't know, 70, 80 marketers to now over 200, 200, 300 um, across Adobe. And so the scale is much larger. The remit is much larger. And I think what we had to kind of figure out is they left us alone where we were just kind of responsible for Marketo and that customer base. But eventually my remit changed where we were doing things so well that they gave us kind of a remit to take on supporting the rest of the solution base. And every solution was very different. You know, we had some that were focused on analytics, some that were focused on developers, and of course, marketing automation. But then I think the part where acquisitions where people, like you said, don't really talk about is just there is politics. There is sort of that internal, um, you know, what do you call them, fiefdoms, where people want to have protection over what they do and their remit. And looking back on it, you know, some of the stuff was we had these conversations that were very stupid. But, you know, a lot of it's ego-based, right? Where people have control over what they, what, you know, their little area that they've been doing for now, five, 10 years in some situations. And now we have like these new kids on the block where are just, they're trying to disrupt things a bit. And so when they talk about digital transformation, that's very much part of that whole right in the middle of where the action takes place. It's not just the technology and the MarTech solutions. It's very much the people and the orientation of how they work together and they solve problems and challenges. And I remember there were some points where some teams had had sort of like similar type of customer roles, but it wasn't as well-defined. And so there were moments where we had to kind of have these meeting of the mind sort of things where we kind of just laid out everything. We talked about what's each person's remit and we kind of established that actually helped us establish our center of excellence around all things, customer engagement and customer experience. And that really helped us kind of propel our momentum and our career forward from there. But it was actually... No, that's that's amazing, and and thanks for sharing that. I mean, one one thing that um, you know Marketo was was known for, right? You you talked about the marketing nation. You talked about you know really building that tribe and and building that uh, uh, that customer passion, right? So like, not that I'm saying go and cut a Marketo client in half, but if you did, they probably bled purple, yeah. right? So <laughs> like um, you know. As you, you know, as you go through an acquisition, right? As you moved from Marketo to Adobe, how did you ignite or reignite or keep the flame, yeah, of that customer passion that was so evident within inside the Marketo client portfolio? How did you keep that alive, or how did you reignite it? It's like, um, you know, post the uh, post the acquisition period. Yeah, I think you, you from the very beginning you told me be radically transparent. Well, I'll be radically yeah. transparent about some of these things. So uh, I'll give you two situations. One, 
Marketo before acquisition, because I think that's a critical point too. When I joined, um, you know, we were we were a publicly traded company, if you remember back in the day. And then when Vista took over, most people perceive private equity firms as companies that are going to slash and save money. They're going to lay off people. And so there was this total, there was definitely this fear and this anxiety about being part of a private equity firm. And from a customer lens, they also felt the same thing. Like, are you guys going to continue to invest in Marketo or are you just going to rip it apart and sell it off to different you know, companies and whatnot? And so we had to deal with sort of like reigniting customer passion back then where a lot of the customers, I remember this very, this very moment where probably about 40 or 50 of our most passionate customers, which we call like Marketo champions at the time, uh, they sent this letter to Steve Lucas. <laughs> Basically, it was a, a letter saying, you know, more or less like, hey, we're worried about the direction of the company. We want to know and we want to have reassurances that you guys are going to invest in the solution and the products. And I remember that kind of resulted in a bunch of different, you know, PR <laughs> nightmares and situations that we had to kind of uncover from there. But it's kind of re is setting up those expectations with the customers. And so early on, I literally had to just talk to them and find out specifically what's working, what do we need to make improvements on. And that creates sort of the foundation, right? We had to kind of understand what could we do to make the situation better. I mean, yes, we still had very passionate customers, but people were just not listening to them. And so that was the, 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 the very basis before we could even go to the Adobe acquisition. Then if you kind of flip over, let's say 2019 timeframe. Um, similar situation because customers were worried about Adobe doing the same thing, ripping apart Marketo, losing the identity. You know, um, they changed the brand multiple times since I've been here where it became, um, you know, purple, then it became red. And then, you know, there was talks about how they're going to get rid of the name and all that stuff. And so there were, Situations where we had to set expectations with the customer on specifically, you know, we're still investing in it. But then we tried to make sure that we maintain those relationships because as we kind of expanded into the rest of the portfolio, most of those customers were not nearly as passionate about, you know, using Adobe Analytics or AM or whatnot as Marketo customers were for Marketo Engage. And so it was taking a lot of those learnings and then it's like, how do you apply and drive energy and excitement and awareness? And I think when we started to do that, people internally were like blown away because they've never seen this before in a programmatic way. And, you know, people have this mindset, especially product teams, where it's like, oh, we know what's best for the customer. We know what they want. But then they're not actually talking to any customer. They're only looking at maybe some survey feedback and stuff like that. And when they started to see it full like directly, it became a different story. They got to see like what customers are really passionate about. They got to see the excitement. And I think that's when the light bulb started to turn on for a lot of people. It's like, how can we work with your team more to get this customer engagement at the center of everything we do? Yeah, I mean, it's true what the, the old age old saying, right? Nothing of interest happens inside the four walls of the organization. If you want to know what the customer's thinking, go out and see the customer. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, 
Kevin, our, our time is is drawing to a near but um to a close. But I've got um I've got two more questions for you, if I may. Sure. All right. Yeah. So so look, I I understand a little dicky bird tells me that um you know you're about to embark on a on a new journey, right? Are you allowed to get radically transparent with us at this time about what the future holds for for you? Yeah, I'm totally happy to do that. Go for it. Um, go on then. What is it? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I made the decision I'm going to go uh, work for a company called F5. And I know uh, quite a few folks over there, um, Miki Yamamoto, who used to be the president of Marketo. Uh, I've been chatting with her quite a bit. And uh, I'm going to go work for Mika. And uh, basically, my role is going to be you know, senior director of customer advocacy. But I'm going to be owning essentially global events, things like their user conference, etc., advocacy, which I've been doing for a long time, and as well as executive experiences or executive programs. So yeah, a bit of a larger remit, a um, little bit unknown, especially different product and solution, all that stuff. But what was interesting for me was that they are a company that's been around for a long time, I think 20 years. They still have physical products and they're, they're on this journey. I think it's a seven-year journey to become a fully SaaS organization. And so I'm joining like kind of run the middle, helping them figure out processes and like how do we structure this and how do we build customer excitement and passion. And so that was what was really interesting to me to kind of take on that new, uh, that new challenge. I'm going to put it out there, Kevin. Mika, you've hired the best man for the job. But uh, hey, you don't you don't need my advertorial for it because you've already got the job, right? But um, Kevin, it's like um, you know that's that's amazing. That's amazing, mate. Well done, and uh, you know, great to see some of the uh, the um, the old Marketo clans like um, coming back together again. Um, yeah. Last question for you. Yeah, and this one's getting really personal. Right, and it's nothing to do with um, with Comic Con. It's nothing to do with uh, uh, you know with the uh, the the myriad of people on the on the shelf behind you. Although I'm sure there's stories there that uh, you could tell the audience at some stage. That's probably a whole another podcast uh, yes. episode altogether. But um, what's what's one thing that you can tell us all about yourself that we couldn't go and find on your um, LinkedIn profile? I would say. I'm actually this is your deepest, very, darkest secrets, Kevin. Yeah, your deepest, <laughs> darkest secrets. I'm actually very much an introvert. I don't know if that comes really? across enough online. I mean, I think people then have these personas online, but I'm actually pretty quiet and I like alone time as much as I do enjoy talking to customers and spending time with them. But I'm very much a introvert and like it drives me crazy to actually give presentations. Like I. I, I dread that a lot. So I'm very much a, a quiet type person. That's probably why you're so good at it, my friend. Right? It's like um, because <laughs> look, they they say that that you're at your best when you're outside of your comfort zone. So that means yeah. most of your work, most of your working career, you're outside of your comfort zone, which is why you're so damn good at it, Kevin. Kevin Lau, good friend of mine. It's like, um, thank you so, so much for getting radically transparent with uh, with everyone on this podcast. Best of luck to you um, in the next chapter of your career. Um, I'm sure you'll smash it. And uh, hey, please keep in touch and let's do it again. Yeah, let's do it again. Thank you so much, Colin. Appreciate everything. Thanks for tuning in to the Radically Transparent podcast brought to you by Octopost, the only social media management and employee advocacy platform architected for B2B. 
I'm Jennifer Gutman, your host and director of social strategy here at Octopost. And if you love today's show, we'd love if you subscribe, rate, and give a raving review wherever you get your podcasts. For more discussion on B2B social media marketing, be sure to follow Octopost on LinkedIn. And of course, to gain access to all our free social media marketing and employee advocacy resources, head on over to our website, www.octopost.com. Until next time.